Welcome to ASRM Today, a podcast that takes a deeper dive into the current topics in reproductive medicine. I'm Jeffrey Hayes, and today on the show, I'm talking with Katherine Hornberger, a genetic counselor in Seattle, Washington, about navigating some complexities associated with genetic counseling. Catherine, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. So as is tradition here on the show, I want to ask you a little bit about your background. How did you become interested in genetics or genetic counseling? Yes. So the generic answer for most genetic counselors holds true for me, which is just an interest in genetics and a desire to see patients face-to-face and help people. But the truth of it is a little bit more detailed. I always had a strong interest in working with people with psychiatric diagnoses and spent some time crisis counseling and um, volunteering in a psychiatric ward. And working with that population and hearing from many of them their own experiences really made me want to dive deeper beyond counseling and more into the genetic side of things. And after finishing up my grad program for genetic counseling, I found home at a fertility clinic at the Colorado Center for Reproductive Medicine. And I absolutely loved practicing in ART genetic counseling specifically, and I have not left since. Is it fair to say that you you had a burning desire to get to the root of a lot of these issues? It was all about understanding the etiology of of different conditions. Yes, that's exactly what really kind of lit my passion on fire for genetic counseling. Well, I, I think that that has, and as genetic counseling has evolved and, and many of our members here at ASRM have become more interested in genetic counseling, I think that etiology is in, interesting that you bring that up, that they want to know more, right? They want to know more about what goes into the backgrounds of things, how things are, are, are developed. And I, I want to ask you today while I have you, carrier screenings are a big question that come up here at ASRM. What are some common complications or, or general complications that can occur in carrier screenings? A few really common complications come to mind in the world of carrier screening 2024. One of Mm -hmm. them is identifying carriers who are at risk for symptoms themselves. So traditionally, we thought that most of the time when we see a carrier of a recessive disease, you know, they have one functioning copy of their gene, another copy with a pathogenic variant, that usually they're completely unaffected. But over the past decade or so, we're really learning that more and more carriers are actually at risk for symptoms of the condition. And that's becoming really complicated in the world of gamete donation, because if you think about it, as we find more and more donors who are carriers of these conditions and they could manifest symptoms themselves, each bank really has to decide what is an acceptable level of risk if a carrier is at risk for symptoms. So an example I think about all the time is carriers of sickle cell. You know, carriers of sickle cell disease have a slight increased risk for chronic kidney disease, pulmonary embolism, and Carriers of sickle cell, it's really common. About one in 13 African-American or Black individuals are carriers. So if you are at a bank, you might say, oh, we're going to exclude all carriers of sickle cell because we don't want the donor-conceived people conceived with these donors to be at an increased risk for these traits. Well, this is definitely going to reduce the number of Black donors that are available, which is already incredibly limited, and disproportionately affect Black patients who oftentimes want to use a Black donor. So another approach might be accepting those donors and just making sure that patients have access to genetic counseling or a provider trained in genetics to help them understand what comes with a carrier status. What does it mean to be a carrier? What are my chances to have a child who's affected with this condition or a carrier of this condition? And of course, part of the difficulty of 
the job is trying to get patients to understand the implications of these of these type of complications. Are there are there any ways that have sort of evolved or developed to help patients understand these implications of the complications that can occur? Today, genetic counselors are more accessible than ever. Um, there's a lot of telehealth genetic counseling services. Many carrier screening companies have almost all of them. They have in-house genetic counselors who offer consults typically for free, included in the cost of getting that carrier screening done. And gamete banks as well have genetic counselors in-house. So I think ultimately for most patients, the most helpful resource is to have someone, you have that patient speak directly with a genetic counselor who can inform them of the risks, benefits, limitations of whatever genetic testing has been done on themselves or on a donor and to help them put together a risk assessment and understand what it means for, for having children. Of course, the, these technologies continue to evolve and I'm curious, while I have you today, a lot of our doctors and patients will ask, how can genetic counselors sort of help the medical field and the society, ASRM and others, to make informed choices about evolving genetic technologies as these things are sort of, it seems, coming more and more and faster and faster? Yes, these results, carrier screening result reports are growing in size exponentially and becoming more and more complicated to interpret. And I think as providers, genetic counselors have a great ability to listen to what patients are really looking for in a donor to help understand that each patient has a unique risk tolerance and unique needs of what they want in a donor. And what genetic counselors are really equipped to do is to help patients understand what their options are in, in a fairly non-directive way, to understand the different options and to help them find that option that makes the most sense for them, whether it might be something like selecting a different donor, asking for additional testing on themselves or their donor. So helping support each patient to make a decision that makes sense for their family building. And I think that's kind of where we're going as a field in reproductive medicine is realizing that a lot of gamete donors, they're just like us. They have family histories that have some sort of disease in them. They are going to be carriers of genetic conditions and they have ever evolving medical histories, just like we do. As we grow in age, more diseases are going to show up in our family tree. So I think genetic counselors also have can play a really important role kind of in pre-test counseling or even pre-selecting a donor counseling to help patients understand the, the limitations that they might have in using certain types of donors and what to expect going forward as a donor's family history changes and as that donor might have donor-conceived people who receive diagnoses. So I think, yes, with evolving technologies, there's also this evolving mindset of realizing that our donors are just, they're just regular people with family histories that are going to change and that aren't perfect. And genetic counselors can help patients really understand that before, before they move forward with their fertility treatment or using a donor. As we're now into 2024, what would you like to see in genetic counseling? Like what, what's, what's a pressing issue or maybe something that, that's going to possibly happen this year that, that would be sort of informational or even, I don't want to say revelatory, but sort of coming up in this year. In the world of ART, specifically like gamete donation genetic counseling, one of the things that I'm really working towards in 2024 is the voice of donor-conceived people. It's becoming louder and louder. We're having more opportunities to hear from donor-conceived people as they age and have different 
you know, organizations that we can access easily, easily online. So something I'm really hoping to do, and I think this is the same for all genetic counselors who practice in this area, is to understand what donor conceived people want us to know as providers in, in ART and to help kind of forge that relationship between us genetic counselors and donor conceived people and focus a little bit on that for 2024. That is not an unreasonable request. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking time out to be on the show today. And hopefully we can we can have you back here a little bit later this year to talk some more about genetic counseling. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And you can get in touch with us by emailing us asrm at asrm.org. And also please rate, subscribe, and comment on the show through Apple, Google, or wherever it is that you get your podcasting needs taken care of. And until next time, I'm Jeffrey Hayes, and this is ASRM Today. This concludes this episode of ASRM Today. For show notes, author information, and discussions, go to asrmtoday.org. This material is copyrighted by the American Society for Reproductive Medicine and may not be reproduced or used without express consent from ASRM. ASRM Today Series podcasts are supported in part by the ASRM Corporate Member Council. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of ASRM and its affiliates. These are provided as a source of general information and are not a substitute for consultation with a physician. 